All right, welcome to the podcast. This is Ray, being a voice, and I want to ease my way into this first episode by introducing what this podcast is all about, as well as speaking on the content one should expect to hear. Now, this podcast will be speaking on politics, current events, both past and present, and of course, sports. Now, I am a huge sports fan. You know, I do respect all sports. Just at times, I just don't always respect the athletes. And now that sports and politics are, you know, so intertwined, you know, I have very little to no respect for any politician today, just to be honest with you. But that's why this podcast is here. With that, you know, this will be my only warning and disclaimer about the content. You know, some of it will be explicit. You know, for any guests who appear on this podcast, just know this, you know, I won't be controlling anyone's thoughts, freedom of speech. Feelings or even emotions for that matter. Just, you know, just ask yourself this one question. Would you want that type of control over you? Now, that's your choice. But make no mistake, you know, not everything goes here. You know, I'm just wanting to make sure that the content that you hear is, is going to be as authentic as possible, if that's even possible. Now, here is my disclaimer. I am not a journalist. Anything I speak on, fact check and do your own research. Make your own conclusions. Because in this political climate today, I'm going to tell you right now, all news, rumors, and even whispers are considered false until proven true beyond a reasonable doubt. Everything I speak on is reaction-based. And so all I know is what's alleged. And I just want you to keep that in mind for all future content. All right, now I had to put that out there. It was very necessary. But I want to look back at these last two years. And before I start, you know, I will say this. We're in the last days of December, you know, leaving 2021. And I want to say goodbye and good riddance, especially to 2020. Now, the question for all of us is this. What's in store for 2022? Now, keep that answer to yourself, though. Now, this pandemic, you know, I feel like this pandemic has taken its toll on this country in the worst way possible. The stress levels has been through the roof since day one. You know, so many people lost their jobs, lost their lives. And even as I'm speaking right now, you know, a lot more people are losing their patience. Now, I feel like the politics being practiced in this country right now has gotten so toxic. You know, it's it's become its own political pandemic within this COVID pandemic. And I just feel like neither the sitting president or the former president, especially, you know, did a good job uniting this country to fight this one virus. Now, I'm going I'm to give him a D plus, maybe a C minus. Now, I'm pretty sure everyone else is going to grade accordingly, you know, way different from, from what I've just uh, given him. And I'm, I'm being nice. But I just feel like there is a such thing as putting our differences aside, even temporarily, to fight something that's against all of us. But it would be nice to see Donald Trump and Joe Biden, a former president and our current president, sit at the table across from each other, put the politics aside, and start really putting their heads together and speak on what can be done. I'm just saying it would be nice to see that. Just in terms of just the optics, this is something that I feel like the people should see. I mean, what do we got to lose? I mean, clearly we got a lot to lose. I mean, some people already lost their lives behind us. Some people, a lot of people are already in hospitals. There are some who, um, who made it out of the hospital. They survived it. And, you know, clearly we, we want to, 
get get control of this thing. So this should not just be a bipartisan, but a nonpartisan fight against this COVID virus. And if this is a real crisis, which I believe it is, you know, I would expect to see everyone on the same page. Now, wishful thinking on my part, I, I get it. But the real fight to me looks to be between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And it has to be a way for both sides somehow to be on the same page. You know, and again, that's wishful thinking. Now, whether they're vaccinated or not, you know, you've got to be mindful of the vulnerable, you know, the less healthy, those who have at-risk complications. You know, they need to be protected, too. Now, as for the rest of us, you know, when it comes time to make that medical decision to get vaccinated or not, you know, I just hope that it's not only for the best interest of yourself, but for the best interest of really anybody you come in contact with. Now, I'm not your doctor. You know, I don't know your health status like that to tell you anything. And really, even if I did, you know, it's your decision. Now, I know mine. I know my health status. And I went ahead and I got vaccinated three different times. And I'll admit this, you know, I did not like having to make that decision. At least for the first shot. It came down to this. As far as I'm concerned, you know, through my eyes. That first vaccination was a rush job. You know, think of the name Operation Warp Speed. Now, this thing was being pushed heavily, you know, unproven, no guarantees. Now, at that time, we still didn't know enough about the virus itself. You know, my biggest concern was the side effects. And immediately, that concern kind of manifested into a new fear in itself, you know, for, for me at least. I had to ask myself, and this was just my thinking. Could this vaccination kill me before the virus? Now, I did not speak to a doctor before, you know, taking that first shot, you know, like I should have. But when you look at Trump, when he tested positive for COVID as the sitting president, he was supposed to be the most protected man on the planet. But even he couldn't escape that COVID. Now, I mean, can you imagine what this country would have been like had Trump wound up dying from this virus? I mean, as the sitting president, and, you know, best believe, you know, they had to do they had to do something. So, you know, they wound up treating him with rendesivir. And I hope I pronounced that correctly. But at the time, that was an experimental drug, you know, unavailable to the public. Now, I don't know how it's being used today, but let's just be glad that the president survived that treatment. Otherwise, this country would have imploded. Now, we would have had a real crisis on our hands with a dead president because of this COVID, all while having Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and others all over the country wreaking havoc. We had police brutality going on, racism, homophobia, all these different tentacles gripping this country at once. Now, I believe nobody wanted that, but realistically, only some of us didn't. No more than half, but who, who knows? But Trump dodged a bullet for all of us, only because that virus didn't kill him. Now, I'll say this. The rest of the world should be glad he made it, too. Just saying. Now, really think about this for a second. Not only we would have had a dead U.S. president, but he would have been the first, and, and as far as I know, the only president to die of COVID. Now, that would have caused a worldwide panic, and I'm not speaking on how we were emptying out the grocery stores and buying up all the toilet paper, you know, like the last time. This would have had some serious consequences. I can definitely see 
some of the conspiracy theorists and whoever else pointing fingers and just saying, hey, you know, our president was murdered because of biological warfare. This could have, who knows, this could have even started a war. You can kind of see how that can snowball. Not to mention we do have all these other countries that depend on us for a variety of reasons. Then you look at all the social issues I've already mentioned on top of this virus that we're, you know, we're all trying to fight here. And to have a dead president while all this is going on, I really do feel that this is a problem that none of us really needed to have. And also for the rest of the world. And so, you know, again, that's just something to, you know, to really, to really think about. Now, these vaccination cards, to me, it's a little ridiculous. Now, this is where the political side of things overstepped a bit. It's part of the reason why I got vaccinated in the first place, really. Now, the last thing I wanted was to be denied service anywhere because I'm not able to present a vaccination card with dates on it. I just felt that it forced my hand. Now, I don't want anything disrupting my day, so I keep a mask on me, or at least close by. If I see a sign that requires wearing a mask, then, you know, I, I have no problem putting it on. It's just that when you require vaccination cards, you know, you, you're kind of forced to publicly display your medical records. And medical records are always private and confidential. Through my eyes. But, you know, this is a worldwide crisis. Now, how can we compromise this? How can we kind of meet in the middle? I don't have an answer for that. But I'll say this, though. Because I already went through getting triple vaccinated in one year, I don't mind by choice showing a copy of my vaccination card. You know, that is if I forget to bring a mask. Now, this is my logic. Presenting a vaccination card should always be my choice first. You know, if I see a sign in front of a business requiring vaccination cards, then it should be my choice to walk in to get service or I can go somewhere else. Now, it's just on a typical day for me. I don't need anybody in my face, you know, making it personal because they might be uncomfortable about something with me. I don't have the time or the patience for that. But if putting on a mask keeps certain people from disrupting my day, then, you know, that's all the peace of mind I need. Because, you know, some days, just to be honest, I'm more concerned about the fanatics out there than the virus itself. Now, just some days. But now we got this Omicron virus, you know, first reported back in November somewhere in South Africa. Now, how dangerous it is, I have, I have no idea. But it is here in the U.S. now. And, you know, while we got that going on, you know, the CDC decides to recommend for those who test positive and is asymptomatic to kind of cut down quarantine time from 10 days to five. You know, not to mention, you know, we now have these these home testing kits, which which is probably a, a good thing. You know, I think so, at least. But how does cutting down isolation time help against this this new variant? It just leads to more questions and answers for me, which I don't like. I mean, look at these mandates. Where do we stop drawing a line in the sand? Only to erase it again, to redraw it. I mean, we moved the goalpost so many times this past year. It's literally in all our living rooms. And it's already understood, if you have a government job, you either get vaccinated or else. Now, I'm going to leave it at that. Now, there's two more mandates, specifically in New York, 
The first one being that all private sector employees must have, at, at minimum, one dose of the COVID vaccine. And apparently all of the employers must keep track of this thing. Now, the other mandate requires in public places like restaurants, gyms, or even entertainment venues, you know, any of them, that individuals 12 and up, they must show proof of at least two doses of the COVID vaccination instead of just one. Now, it's stuff like that I want to avoid personally. Now, I feel like this. Had I stayed unvaccinated and continue walking around, you know, without a mask and all that, I could see myself behind bars simply because I didn't follow along. And speaking of, I'm just finding out this was out there in, in Australia somewhere. There was this teen. He was like an 18 or a 19 year old. This person, he wound up testing positive for COVID-19. And apparently he didn't quarantine. He decided to go out to this uh, nightclub somewhere. And guess what? Now he's gotten arrested. He's facing up to a, a $20,000 fine and up to two years in prison. And uh, I don't know of such a case here in the U.S. yet, but I can see it building up to that here. And I don't want to be a part of that. And so it's kind of like I better take that precaution. I don't want to deal with the BS. So if I got to take a vaccination, I'm just trusting in my own body and what I believe I can take. And so I went through the first shot and the second and third shot and all three times. I had very little, very little effect. I mean, the same shot, uh, the same shoulder uh, that was used to, uh, to give me the shot. The only thing I literally felt was just a slight soreness right around, you know, where um, the needle punched in my shoulder. That was it. Now, other friends of mine, they've had um, they've had different side effects. Some people had flu like symptoms and uh, all kind of things. I'm just very fortunate. I didn't have I didn't have any side effects. And so that's why, you know, I've, I've taken all the shots. And this is based on now experience. And so if I have to take a, a, a fourth, fifth shot or whatever, even though I'm kind of I don't like it, to be honest with you. I really don't. I mean, it's, it's like it's just a, a, it's, it's become a routine. And I do question, you know, how how long is this going to be going on? And this leads to my biggest question. How many more vaccination doses are we going to be required to take? Now, I don't even want to hear somebody say something like, until we say it's enough. Now, that's not good. But is there going to be a limit? Because some of us took three doses in one year. You know, I'm one of them. But have we gotten any closer to controlling this thing? If not, then when? And I didn't even mention the possibility of having another lockdown. Now, is it possible? We could be faced with that again. Can this country afford another lockdown? Now, I have my personal complaints about it, but what about those who lost their jobs and livelihood? You know, leaving families with no income to afford really the most basic things. And even if you're self-employed during that first lockdown, you know, some people's businesses never survived to this day. And government assistance was hard at work. Now, this was no secret. We had a lot of dependent folks during that time still do and to possibly go through another lockdown and don't let it be for political reasons although more than likely will be i just don't think this country is ready to handle another one 
Now, I'll be the first to admit. Now, at the beginning of this whole thing, you know, when this COVID was spreading throughout Wuhan, throughout China, then we started seeing the first cases come here in the U.S. And as it was started to spread, you know, I was I was developing some fears and there was a little bit of panic. I had my moments and I will admit that because when I started gathering more questions than answers, even to where the media had no idea, you know, even the media was just guessing and and it was kind of like, what's really going on? How, how dangerous is this virus? And really, we still don't know how dangerous this virus can really be because this thing is constantly changing, constantly mutating. But I've had my moments. You know, I was not one of the guys who was emptying the shelves with the toilet paper and things like that. And I just so happened, and as a side note, I've always purchased uh, toilet paper by the, by the boxes, you know, a box of 80. And so just so happened when the pandemic first started, before the, the shelves started being empty, I was already prepared. And so I was able to worry about some of the other things. And so this is what I was researching. I was looking for the biohazard suits, the hazmat suits, you know, any suit that, that had a, a respirator attached to it or an oxygen tank. I was looking for stuff like that. And so just so happened, you know, I, I wasn't really able to find anything at the time but and this is knowing if they decided to to price gouge or anything like that i didn't really care because i was thinking the worst case scenario and i really wanted to be prepared and yes i was i was taking it that far now fast forward to today i'm not as much in, in panic mode but i did want to to take as much precaution as, as possible I want to be as prepared as, as I can be, especially when the president at the time wound up testing positive for COVID. I mean, that was something I think the entire world was was paying attention to because, you know, again, that would have been chaotic. It really would have been chaotic. It would have it would have been a mess. And I feel like this is already a mess right now. You know, again, with the social issues, which I'll be speaking on that on another episode. But you lay all these things on top of each other. This is a very stressful environment right now to be in. And this, this one virus, you know, it, it has its grip on, on the entire world. All right, I'm going to end it right here. Now, I know there's a lot of things I haven't mentioned, and believe me, there's a lot more to talk about on this subject. But this is Ray being the voice, and this will be continued.